side to make the crunch time plays. Now your host, Bennett Ganey. This is Pat Smith from Three Man Front, and you're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin with Sports Illustrated's Dogs Daily. You're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Tara Talmadge with the Pig Trail Nation, and you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, it's Jim Dunaway from the next round, and when it comes down to the final ticks on the clock, always look for Crunch Time Plays. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Crunch Time Plays. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thanks so much. And got another exciting one for you today. Head Coach Chadwell off from Coastal Carolina earlier in the spring, and just so thankful to, to have him back again talking about the game on Friday night against Kansas. And going to get to him in just a second. First of all, want to give a shout-out to our sponsor at prizepicks.com. we got number one daily fantasy sports app. Got any fantasy prop you want on over there, whether it's NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, they've got it all over there. And and they've got college college football picks. And we hit on, no Coach Chadwell is going to be happy about this. We hit on Grayson McCall the other night for, for over 232 uh, passing yards. So we, we started off hot on our – on a coastal pick that we had uh, in the season. So they're going to be handing out those picks uh, as we round out through the college football season. But we're very excited to welcome in Coach Chadwell again. Coach, hope you're doing well, and and thanks so much for taking time again with me. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, getting me back on here. hope things are well with you. No doubt. And it's, I, I know everybody wants to know. I know we talked about it. Uh, before we started, just just how's the how's the mullet looking? I know everybody was really interested about that uh, whenever I had you on the first time. So just kind of give us an update on that. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's flowing pretty good. I've had I, tr- I had to trim it right before the season started because it was really getting out of hand. But uh, it's at a good length now. We'll have to uh, we'll have to hopefully uh, trim it again here at some point because I don't want it to be so bad that I get uh, I get recognized for maybe being uh, somebody I'm not. I'll put it that way. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's going well. <laughs> got your uh, – got your, you, you, I don't want to age you, you know, but if we, you never you get your, your Nature Boy Ric Flair look going. Yeah. I wish I had the swag that Nature Boy had. I, if I did, <laughs> I'd be wearing it like crazy. <laughs> no doubt about that. And, and coach, before, before we talk about Kansas, I did want to ask you about something that's obviously been prevalent the past few years. And, and it's been prevalent uh, so far in week one, not really sure how much you, you want to get into it, but, but the, you know, everybody's been talking about the rules of, of targeting in, in college football. And, you know, at the beginning of the rule, it seemed like the trim was more, a defenseless player type hits, uh, just contact to the head or neck area. I know everybody wants to – obviously, we all want player safety. We all want players to be safe out there. But we also, you know, like, would like players to, to be able to stay in the game as well. And and just a you know, just the idea that come up with, just maybe make it like the, the flagrant system in college basketball. We have flagrant one, flagrant two type of deal. Just what – from a coach's perspective, how do you kind of view that? And what if you had to go with an ideal solution from your perspective, what would that look like? Well, that you know, I think it's obviously come from the forefront of all what happened last night. There were a lot of ejections last night and and whatever. Uh, whether, you know, I didn't see them live, you know, so whether they were really – I'm, I'm assuming they were, you know, 
targeting type calls. I do think tar- I think the calls that have cleaned up the sport, I don't think there's anybody just out there headhunting anymore. So I think that's what it's trying to accomplish. Uh, but I do think there needs to be a judgment somehow on intent. You know, uh, I know one last night, a guy lowered his head because the running back lowered his head, you know, and so his intent was not to, um, you know, target or put his head, you know, the way he did. And so I, I, how do you work that? How do you manage that? I don't know. You know, they're fighting that. They're fighting the, the length of the games because they take forever to play. There's so much that everybody's trying to figure out from a from a standpoint, uh, you know, the people that make the rules in our league. Uh, but I do think there, there might – Eventually, you're going to see us go, whether it's a flagrant system, you know, I don't know, or is there an intent? Uh, again, that goes back to judgment. But uh, if there's enough of these that get ejected on national television and, and people start saying enough about it, there'll be a change to it. So uh, I, I think now that hopefully last night was just a one-time thing, uh, and that's not the norm going forward. But if it does become the norm, then I do I do think you might see a change. Definitely. And, and you no, know, obviously we all want all the players to – to stay safe out there and then talk about lowering the, the crown of the helmet. Seems like that's more where it goes towards now, more non-defenseless players, just the lowering of the, the crown of the helmet. And you're right. You know, last night, just uh, the only reason, the only reason linebacker lowered his head is because the running back lowered his and, and kind of switching from that, talking about your game this past Thursday night against the Citadel before we move on to Kansas real quick, just offensively, it looked like, uh, you guys really found a rhythm. Obviously, you all C.J. Marable last year, but Shamari Jones and Reese Wright ran the ball very well. And and what, what impressed me a lot was about Grayson McCall. I know we kind of talked about him a lot whenever I had you on uh, in the spring, just the type of year that he had last year, really showing that maturity that we talked about, just coming out and really handling himself well in the passing game, just, for, just being able to have the maturity to come out and – coming off that big season in game one, because you always have a lot of questions in game one. And and then you have Heli and Likely on the outside that they're going to be NFL guys. Just what impressed you the most offensively and the, and the maturity offensively to be able to come out and take care of business on Thursday night after such a big year last year? Well, I think one, uh, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you look to be efficient, right? You want to make sure that you go and you execute at a pretty high level and, uh, for the most part, that's what we did. We did have a, you know, we had a bad snap. We had a, I think, a holding penalty, uh, and so you know those things that you know you get upset about, right? Because that's an execution thing. But beyond that, regardless of yardage or, or whatever, we executed at a good level, uh, and that as a coach is what you want to see in your first game because sometimes that's what you struggle with. Uh, and so I, I thought we did a good job, but we're going to have to improve in some ways. You know, you can. You can look at the score, look at moving the ball, and think, oh, man, they were great. But there were things that we didn't do as well that when we play a better opponent, which we are this Friday, that, that can come back and get us. Uh, and so for us, I, I liked our execution. Uh, I thought we came out and did a good job there. Um, but there's something, you know, we got to improve on. But I thought Grayson handled uh, what we asked him to do. is very efficient with the football. You never want to try to do too much coming off of a big year, right? Uh, sometimes people try to – I have to do too much, and he didn't do that. He, he took the game, I let the game come to him, and I thought that was a positive. No doubt. And then you have – talk about your your production just a little bit. Obviously, you have some, you have quite a few NFL guys on offense now with, with Heli and Likely. Just what kind of what are the, the matchups looking at it this week? Now, we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started. Just you know, Lance Leopold comes over from Buffalo. Seems like half of his team 
uh, came with him as well through the transfer portal. Definitely going to be guys that that you've seen before, just wearing a a different uniform. But but offensively against Kansas, you know Brian Borland's the new defensive coordinator, came over come over from Buffalo. So you've obviously seen him before as well. You now you obviously want to make the biggest jump offensively from week one to week two. And when you talk about those matchups on the outside with some of the weapons that you have, what are what are some of the the options that you and the staff are, are looking at heading into the game. Obviously don't want you to reveal the game plan right here, but, but just what are, what are you looking at on film? Just some of the matchups that you can create uh, outside with those uh, NFL guys that you have on the outside. Well, I think it, it really comes down to, can you get, uh, put your players, can you, we put our players in positions to get those one-on-one matchups, whether it's in space or one-on-one with who we might think is the weakest secondary player or linebacker, whatever it may be. And so you go through thinking, all right, we need to get Javon uh, so many touches. We need to get Isaiah so many touches. And then you go about trying to find where those touches are and how you get them those touches to get them involved in the game. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as it goes on specifically, then you're trying to say, hey, who is there? Is there a mismatch? Do we think there's a mismatch that we can take a part of or, or take advantage of, you know, and, and that's the thing that you, as a as an offensive coordinator, as, as as offensive staff, you're trying to find out where where are mismatches, where do we feel like we have advantages, and can we go try to take advantage of them? Uh, and so having those two guys outside obviously gives you you feel like you have advantages uh, just because of their skill set. But also we know you know Kansas has got good players as well, new staff, um, but their mindset's completely different than it what what it was the last couple of years. They're 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 expecting to win. You can tell the way they played on uh, last Friday. You know, there there wasn't any, even though there was a struggle early on, they didn't give up, which, you know, in the past that might not happen. And so um, it's going to be a big challenge. But what's what we've got to focus on is how can we put them in position to make some plays for us? No doubt. I know you always want to create uh, those matchups, whether it's it's putting guys in the slot, matching them up on a, on a linebacker, just depending on how the – how the defense is playing, really trying to move those guys around, doing a lot of shifts and, and formations to get those guys uh, in the open field. And and for for McCall specifically, uh, what he obviously you wanted him to make a jump as well. What are some things that that you feel like Kansas uh, does well on defense that he's going to have to really be paying attention to, whether it's coverage wise or or whether it's it's just picking up, changing the protection or whatever that might be. Well, I think the biggest thing they do from uh, from if you watch watch the staff from when they was at Buffalo and then obviously now they don't beat themselves. And what I mean by that is they're going to be where they're supposed to be. They're going to do what they're supposed to do. Uh, and so uh, we have to make sure Grayson's got to make sure he puts us in the right situation in the right play. Uh, and we're not going to be able to trick them or anything like that. We're going to have to make good quality decisions because they're fundamentally sound and they're good at what they do as far as they know their answers on defense and what they want to do. They know how to attack you. Uh, and so he's got to be really good this week of making sure we're in the right protection, making sure we're in the right play, uh, and then taking what's there because they're not going to – they might give you something to take, but they're not going to give you what you want to take, if that makes sense. And and you got to take what's there and be be happy to be able to dump it down or or throw the swing route, whatever it may be, and then and build your yardage from there because they're, they're built not to try not give up the big play and make you make a mistake. And so uh, we've got to do a good job of, of executing. And if we do have the opportunity to big play, we got to make it. No doubt. And I know you're always looking for those explosive plays. Really helps out a lot on offense. But from kind of switching over, the last thing I have for you from a defensive perspective of this week, 
The Jason Beans, obviously the new quarterback at Kansas, thought he distributed the ball uh, really well to to his receivers uh, in the game against South Dakota. He's also mobile, being able to to run around a little bit. And you know, you guys had a, had kind of an advantage a little bit. I know when you when you played the Citadel, you know, last week it, it seemed like an advantage to go ahead and get them week one. I know you're preparing for that assignment football, the the triple options, some different things like that, and being able to switch over from from what from that to what you normally see uh, nowadays in college football definitely helps to go ahead and get this a little out of the way uh, week one. But when it comes to defensively going up against a, a guy in, in Jason Bean that's going to be mobile, a guy that really distributed the ball well to his receivers, what are some matchups that you're looking at uh, defensively that you feel like you can take advantage of on Friday night? Well, the big the big challenge is going from the offense you did play and where you 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 put you know eight practices into it seven eight whatever it was into that and you really didn't do what you would normally do the rest of the time right because it's such a unique offense and so I think the biggest thing for us is to uh, how long will that take us to adjust going back to an offense that executes uh, at a high level from a pass and running standpoint uh, you know fitting it completely different we we basically played a completely different. Uh, defense last Thursday night, then we'll play this Friday, you know. And so uh, I think that's one for us. To how, how long does it take us to adjust? And then two, with him uh, being mobile, you know, I mean, he can he obviously makes some really good throws, but where he really gets you in trouble is he can run and he, and he can put you in a bind there. And if you get out of your pass lanes, if you get out or your rush lanes, uh, if you don't do your assignment, then he can beat you from that standpoint. So I think what we got to do, can we, uh, can we bring pressure Matchup-wise, can our D-line bring pressure uh, and get after him without having to bring blitzing? Because if you bring blitzing, maybe you get there, but if you miss, then he's running into space, uh, and that's what you got to try to avoid. So I think that's the biggest, uh, you know, challenge. Can we rushing four get pressure to where uh, we don't have to bring an extra guy, and then maybe cause some, you know, and then it maybe causes issues for us from a scramble standpoint. So I think that's the biggest matchup that we have to win uh, on Friday night. No doubt. I know you always want to get pressure with the, the four guys you have up front because if you do that, that definitely helps out uh, your back end, being able to to come up and, and, and make those stops, especially if, if Bean decides to to take off, really going to help you there staying in those rush lanes. And, and Coach, thanks so much for, for spending a little bit of time with me. I know you got to let you run now, but, but tell everybody what you're looking forward to uh, on Friday night, just the atmosphere that, that's going to be there. I know it's a, it's a standalone game that all the eyes of of college football are going to be on your program on Friday night and looking forward to, to possibly getting down there and covering you guys as well on Friday night. But what are you most looking forward to as we close out uh, here on Friday night? Well, one, it's great to be back on TV. You know, I mean, that's a, that's huge for us and, and, and our brand and what we're trying to do with this program. So you get another chance to showcase who you are and, and what you're trying to become. Uh, you know, last week we had the second largest attendance we've ever had. I hope this week we can, you know, break it. We can have the most we've ever. Friday night, uh, there's not a lot of high school games going on because of COVID, so we only show in town there. So I hope we get a tremendous crowd. Uh, obviously, the first Power Five team to ever come to our stadium. Uh, they won't be the last, but it is the first one. And so I think that's a, that's a huge opportunity there and uh, a chance for our community to be a part of history, and hopefully they'll come see us play well. So I expect a, a really good game with a great crowd and, and have a chance to showcase that on uh, ESPN. That's a, that's a big win for us. No doubt. We really appreciate the time coach. Keep growing that mullet out. Looking like Ric Flair styling a profile and we'll look forward to talk to talking with you soon.
I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much to Coach Shadwell for coming on today. And thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Crunch Time Plays with your host, Bennett Ganey. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Plays Crunch on Twitter and Instagram.